show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. And welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly. And uh, yes, uh, it's uh, performances are maybe slightly getting better, but the results are kind of normalizing a little bit. It's a weird one in Fort Lauderdale. We, on paper, are better than them at almost every aspect except for the scoreline. And sometimes that's football slash soccer. But yeah, 2-1 loss to Miami. Some might feel hard done. Some might feel like we can't put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, Some also might feel like uh, there are some uh, people to blame in terms of maybe the coach, maybe the people who constructed this team. Either way, uh, there is a lot of aspects about this team that is still a work in progress. Uh, it's almost like we're still retooling and rebuilding after the uh, you know 2019 season a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, especially after that 2020 calamity. But yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, it's a match that's highly frustrating for a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. But uh, how did you see it, Mark? Yeah, uh, man. I mean. You know, like the the chances were there, and we, they scored early. You know what I mean? I said not Atlanta United. Atlanta United scored early. You know, and so um, I think it was encouraging. Uh, you know, obviously ha- really happy for Cisneros to get off the mark, scoring off a set piece. You know, like we we've definitely been calling for that. Um, and I mean, for the most part, I thought uh, they generally created chances and were the better team. Um, Miami's first goal. I mean, it's. You want to give him credit, I guess, for the touch, uh, but it's still uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Let's put it that way, um, in terms of our defending. Um, but you know, like overall, you know, I thought from pretty much most, yeah, if not most, if not all of the first half, they uh, controlled the run of play. Uh, you know, Miami had the odd chance here and there, um, and. I mean, I thought going into the second half, I thought, you know, Atlanta was set up to uh, to go after it, you know, uh, and to, to get three points. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, at least that's how I felt at least through the first half, first 60 minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we didn't get to see the uh, the attack that we wanted in terms of uh, Luis Araujo, Marcelino Moreno, and Tiago Almada all starting. That's okay. I mean, it, it is where Luis Adarujo is still getting his bearings, getting the match fitness underneath <laughs> him. Uh, now, yeah, in that first half, I mean, yes, we finally get uh, a striker to score uh, in a game after, after, I think, like 375 minutes or something like that, uh, which is quite a long time, really. <laughs> uh, but uh, also, though, we have not scored from open play in about three matches or so as well uh, in terms of in MLS. So, you know, there's a, a little bit of kind of, we're a little bit anemic in uh, in the clinicalness department. 
It's just not happening, uh, even though that U.S. Open Cup match was something that could have uh, you know, up, upped our confidence a little bit. Seeing the net bulge for six, uh, six, six goals is uh, pretty good, but uh, you know, it still didn't uh, give us that air of confidence. It is obviously a better squad as well right. in Inter Miami, and they were riding high. Uh, they, with this win, had won four in a row, so uh, it definitely wasn't anything to sneeze right. at. But it also, yeah, I mean, their striker looked every bit of the part of a. Uh, you know, a uh, ready striker for MLS that, uh, you know, can put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and it's it's that. I mean, once we get into that second half, Luis Adarujo comes on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we do uh, look a lot more lively with him on. But uh, I think, yeah, you, uh, before the show, uh, mentioned that you had a thought about after he came on. Yeah, well, you know, when he came on, I thought, okay, great. Like, we were about to see the lineup that we called for. It's 30 minutes left, right? Like, you have a real chance to put pressure on Miami and look for that winner. And then two minutes later, Miami counters and scores. And it's a, it's a weird sequence because it starts off with an Atlanta United attack. Uh, you know, Miami's uh, kind of defend it, repel it, try to go, you know, try to play out down the left wing. And uh, I think it was Campbell who made the interception, but uh, but then he gives it away, completely misses Sosa on the pass. And the giveaway is bad, and his recovery also isn't great because uh, in his retreat, uh, you know, he tracks the run of uh, the player going down the middle, but Sosa's actually already covering that run, and he should have been tracking the run on the left. Uh, by the time he tried to recover, it was too late, and the pass actually kind of goes through him, and it's 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 all over. You know, the ball comes across. There's nobody. He's wide open, and so it's a super frustrating moment, and you know, not a great moment for George Campbell personally. Um, it's something yeah. to learn from, I think, uh, for yeah. the young uh, center back. Who, exactly. Uh, you know, yes, a lot of people had blamed him in this match. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, we're even saying, like, get him out of the team. I mean, that's a bit harsh, obviously. He's that's, a yeah. very young center back, and he's only going to get better. And, um, yeah, there is that where, uh, you know, the front office and uh, Gonzalo Pineda are very high on George Campbell as, yeah, I think it's wise words because they pointed out that uh, Miles Robinson, uh, you know, when he came into the team, uh, you know, he was... Uh, in his 20s already, George Campbell, like, yeah, he uh, came into the squad, exactly. you know, as a teenager and now is, uh, you know, getting starts in MLS. Uh, it's one of those things where he's ahead of the curve and he's ahead of Miles Robinson even. And uh, mm-hmm. the thing is about young center backs, uh, they have time and it's just about consistency. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they're going to achieve more and more if they play more and more and uh the yeah unfortunately it's at our detriment a little bit uh here because yes this second goal and the first goal unfortunately he didn't really cover himself in a lot of glory uh you know he is uh kind of in and around leonardo campagna uh for that first goal too and it's just man um there's some uh, some lessons to be learned here, and also it's the the tough part here is 
Well, in this match, he also collides with Gonzalo Higuain, and they both, uh, well, uh, Gonzalo Higuain, he gets injured from kind of the knee to leg contact from Campbell, and then later mm. on, uh, yeah, I mean, Campbell gets run off the pitch a little bit uh, in the collision with Higuain, and uh, yeah, we'll have the update about his status in terms of Campbell. Uh, but essentially, yeah, I mean, there's cross after cross. Uh, there's just not the breakthrough that we were all desiring. Uh, I mean, we play well enough on the road, but we can't get the three points. It's just as uh, annoying as it gets, really, in uh, yeah. a match like this. And uh, to compound that, you have, I mean, it's just utter stupidity. I feel like from Jair Marufo, the ref, the center ref in this match, who, uh, yeah, there is a penalty shout, the second penalty shout, uh, you know, uh, in this match. But basically, Brooks Lennon, he uh, is, yeah, clipped. There's obviously contact. Uh, and I think it's enough contact that, I mean, he's going quickly enough uh, that, yeah, that bit of contact would bring him down. He has every right to go down, I feel like. Uh, but Marufo says after the match that uh, he looked like he was looking for it. Whether he was looking for it or he, if he was, uh, you know, if the uh, falling down was natural or unnatural looking, I think at the end of the day, he gets clipped in the foot. I mean, you know, there's not <laughs> Like, wh what else What else does there need to be? It's, it's as much of a penalty as it can ever be i feel like but um yeah how did you see it say i mean you know uh, i uh echo those sentiments and i mean like man it's you got to do a lot to have me agreeing with taylor twelman but basically like you know he even after the decision was made they went back and looked at it and they just the commentary just couldn't understand how that's not a penalty like the whole looking for it um you know and and Twoman on the broadcast kind of uh you know uh i guess maybe inferred that that's why uh marufo didn't give the decision but whether or not he's looking for it he gets kicked in the side of the leg it's kind of high up too like it's kind of shin area but except to the side but fully kicks him like enough to like make his foot like move out of the path that it was going in mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter how he fell what the f what the fuck are we talking about and then like it's just it's just so frustrating because it's literally a joke i mean the thing that the the little 10 minute show they do every week where they review the calls or whatever and then it's like half the time they it seems like they just agree with the ref just to not put him out there too much because it's all mls like i it's you know that, at the end of the day my... it's that right <laughs> it's they're protecting themselves like if if jair marufo said like oh yeah i'm gonna overturn that like he's going against himself so why would he like it there it makes plenty of sense why he would not have overturned it and uh, I think there's plenty of, I think, clear and obvious here that uh, proves it otherwise. And uh, listen, that's not why we lost the match. I mean, would it have made the difference of us getting a point versus three points? Uh, yeah. Uh, or zero points, rather. But uh, yeah, you know, it is one of those where, okay, 
uh, it would have definitely, I think, changed the state of the game, too. And then all of that definitely matters. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, uh-huh, go ahead. Yeah, no, real quick on the state of the game, because that would have been with about 10 minutes to go. So, Yeah, it would have been, uh, especially when we brought on uh, another striker. I mean, I think they would have uh, completely set up shop. Which uh, they mostly did already, anyway. But it's a uh, you know we brought on two strikers. We, yeah, very much. Uh, we just could not put the ball away. There were yeah. a lot of chances that it was like, oh, we got to do better there. Oh, we got to do better there. Oh, okay. It's mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully, I mean, there's just we work on our finishing uh, in between these uh, these matches. Uh, you know, working on not having the yips, and uh, hopefully we can uh, yeah improve scoring from the run of play. And I think we will. It's just uh, you know, uh, attack usually is something that's a little slower to kind of get cohesive until right. mid-season. But there is that too, where uh, just uh, there are still a lot of players that have not played together. Uh, it's not the excuse. It is the fact. They have not played together. So to expect them to just completely be free-flowing and know where each other needs to be and what kind of chances that uh, you know our strikers like to have fashion for them, mm-hmm. uh, it's just you know uh, unrealistic. But uh, yeah, you know the play is improving. The XG in terms of uh, the expected goals and you know the uh, from the run of play. It's looking better, just ultimately, you know, it's uh, kind of what's been symptomatic for the last three games and for most of the season as well. So, uh, yeah, we need to score earlier in matches, but also more often when we mm-hmm. get those chances, we mm-hmm. need to capitalize. And it's not been happening, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, any, uh, any last thoughts on this match? Yeah, I think the result uh, was a bit of a reflection of where uh, where we're at. Uh, to be honest, um, I wasn't nearly as uh, down after this match on the team itself uh, as maybe some other people were. Um, as you mentioned, you know, as you referenced with the XG, in general, the underlying numbers are a lot better these last two league matches than the previous weeks. And, you know, I know the results are frustrating, but... Look, let, let, let's be honest with ourselves here. MLS regular season matters, but so much. Like, at the end of the day, it's about MLS Cup. It's about putting yourself in a position to make a run in the playoffs. And so, you know, I'm okay with the whole, you know, working out the kinks at this point in the season. Um, you know, and it's important to me then, it's more important to me that the eye test uh, is being met, that we're playing in a way that's replicable. Like, Golasos, as fun as they are, are not replicable. Right, we need to be creating chances like this, and so this is a step in the right direction for me. Um, now, at the same time, we're also seeing some of those defensive frailties. Right, uh, we've talked about Campbell. You know, uh, at the end of the day, yes, uh, you know, of course, he'll have to do better in the future, but he is a young player. Um, and a key difference between him and Miles Robinson is that Miles Robinson went to college. Like George Campbell is coming straight from the academy into it, much in the way that traditional, uh, you know, soccer countries do it. But this is new for us. And so um, it's it's a step up. Um, but, you know, and we'll we'll talk more about Campbell in the center back position. Part of the reason why he's playing is because Franco is not available. So, you know, 
And he had, I think, frankly, been uh, slightly outplaying Alan Franco as well uh, as so well. far in the season. <clears throat> and there's this. Uh, yeah. If you look at, say, Miles Robinson's trajectory as well, I mean, he not only played in college, but also with the twos for a couple years uh, right. for pretty much full term. Uh, that very much gives him a lot more seasoning, in a sense, uh, than what George Campbell's getting, which is a lot of practices and some games. Uh, and you also have this. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers, uh, I certainly remember the first U.S. Open match that Miles Robinson played, and uh, Antoine Walks was next to him. You had Zach Lloyd next to him. And uh, it was definitely one of those where he was having a little bit of a mare uh, early on. They were pretty much yelling at Robinson, uh, you know, to where to play the, the ball. Like, it, he looked like a deer in headlights against, you know, the uh, U.S. Open competition, which is usually a little bit less, you know, of a uh, as strong of a side than, say, an MLS side. So, you know, I think it's, it's one of those, yeah, while it may not be his uh, first foray against... Uh, and MLS side with George Campbell, it is something that, uh, yeah, you know, there are uh, the kinks that need to be worked out, the consistency gained, and uh, yeah, I think that George Campbell has the ability and uh, that talent to, to get there, and so it's just a matter of hopefully, uh, you know, health will also keep him there. So uh, it's also... We'll wrap this uh, this match review up, but getting into the news, George Campbell, unfortunately, is week-to-week because he suffered an adductor injury, and that was during that uh, collision with Gonzalo Higuain that uh, left him on the sidelines uh, briefly. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully he will recover very, very soon with, uh, you know, not missing too many matches. Uh, week to week, maybe he just misses this one, but uh, definitely leaves a question to who will start alongside Miles Robinson, as Alan Franco is also a question as well. And uh, so, yeah, we have uh, a little bit of depth, but not a crazy amount. So it will be, uh, yeah, very, very interesting. But uh, moving on from that. What's well, uh, Yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to make the point real quick. Like, yeah, and I can think of someone who would have been uh, really useful to start right now. Like, here's the thing. Like, you and I, obviously, were frustrated about walks just being let go without getting anything back, right? And it's this. Like, there are still holes in the team. And so it's like you could have addressed that with Anton Walks. And now one of those holes is center back. So it's just like, I don't know. To me... That's not really a great reflection on front office at, the, at this moment, but like you said, hopefully, you know, Campbell and Franco uh, are healthy soon, and we have our full, you know, full you know, thing at center back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's that. I mean, Anton Walks, whether he was kept or not, uh, I think the crux of it is is that we did not maximize the return that we could have gotten for Anton Walks, and that's the most frustrating bit. Uh, but, yeah, moving on from that, uh, after Allen United's training session on Tuesday, apparently Jake Mulraney, Ronald Hernandez, and Alex DeJohn, along with two assistant coaches, they stayed behind to work on crosses. 
so I would imagine maybe Alex DeJohn was the one heading them in, and maybe Jake Mulroney and Ronald Hernandez were the one pumping in those crosses. But uh, yeah, uh, either way, uh, it is uh, something that, yeah, uh, we need to fashion more chances from varying types of service, so that's good mm-hmm. to hear and see. Uh, moving on from that, Atlanta United Chief Scout Jonathan Spector. He was in Spain to watch Mallorca last week. Uh, and it was to watch Matthew Hopp, the Ford that, uh, yeah, was uh, rumored last week and also, uh, also rumored to uh, be looked at for a permanent uh, move to Atlanta United. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 21 years old, he'd be a U22 initiative signing. And yeah, it is something that's, if it is the case, I mean, yes, they, Mallorca are fighting relegation to a degree. Uh, whether they would actually do it or not is maybe another thing. And maybe it's this, maybe if they survive or don't survive, uh, we at least pick them up after the season ends, which wouldn't be that uh, that bad. We could probably make that move before, and then he could just join after. Uh, it's not completely implausible, but uh, yeah. What do you think about Matthew Hopp and uh, you know what he might bring to Atlanta United if these rumors are true? Yeah, I've uh, I've seen him play a handful of times uh, when he was with Schalke, uh, and I mean, like from what I could, you know, I didn't have too many thoughts on him. Yeah, I thought he was a decent player, um, quick, you know, kind of uh, fox in the box type of, you know, if you were to classify him as a certain type of forward or striker. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you can play on the center or the wing, which I think is important for how Atlanta United play. Um, and I guess uh, in terms of the profile, I mean, certainly would be, uh, I think, a, a bit of a coup for Atlanta United, um, you know, assuming that he played well, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, I, certainly an intriguing move. And you know, like getting a player that young for the forward position, um, you know, I, I, you do wonder. Obviously, there's concern about Joseph, and I just, you know, we just we don't know what uh, what Joseph we're getting. You know, yeah. it's and so it's kind of the reality of it. So, uh, you know, in that sense, you could say the team is doing their due diligence. So, yeah, and it's that. Uh... You know, he's a player that uh, has been in and around the U.S. men's national team. And if he gets more playing time, uh, playing in MLS has shown that uh, Greg Berhalter will pick you if you are in good form. So it is not implausible to see that Hop could make the U.S. men's national team for an eye for the World Cup later this year. So it's not a bad move if I were Matthew Hop to try to get some more consistent playing time and maybe... If he is killing it in MLS, yeah, you get to play in the World Cup. Not too bad, especially at a position that is a little bit up in the air for uh, the national team as well. So there is some good incentive. It makes some sense uh, for Matthew Hopp to come to Atlanta. So uh, we shall see. I mean, maybe he kills it for a year or two and then you know gets moved back to Europe. Yeah, I mean, uh, all in all... All around, it's not a bad idea, it seems. Uh, but moving on from that, LA United 2, they fell for nil to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds uh, this past weekend. And uh, yeah, 
Though, uh, beyond that, LNI2, they announced that Noah Cobb and David Mejia, they received national team call-ups to the United States U19s and Peru's U20 national teams, respectively. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Noah Cobb, 16 years old, uh, already joining the uh, U19s. That's amazing stuff. So, uh, yeah, that is going to be... A player, I think, uh, one for the future that we all need to keep an eye on for sure. That uh, mm -hmm. you know he can already make the jump into uh, a few levels above him. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yep. That wraps up the news and gets us to our match preview for the game over the weekend against CF Montreal. It's in Montreal Stade Staputo. Uh, Saturday, April 30th at 4 p.m. And while, uh, yeah, I mean, this team definitely, uh, while they're in the Champions League, they, uh, you know, have some uh, some good, good players for sure. Uh, it's still a kind of, you know, what kind of team really are they? Are they, uh, you know, one that can actually be challenging for the top of the East or are they more of a mid-table squad? It's really yet to be seen, but definitely they are uh, playing a lot more consistent ball than they have in a lot of years past. But uh, yeah, in terms of the key departures from last season, center back Kiki Struna, uh, he left after one season with Montreal. Uh, in terms of key acquisitions, Alastair Johnston, Kai Kamara, the... MLS veteran for sure has played a big, big part. And uh, yeah, I mean, their danger man, Jordi Mihaljevic, is just someone that is killing it right now. Yep. Uh, yep. And he definitely is the guy to be feared the most. He can score, he can assist. He uh, showed it against us uh, at Mercedes Benz Stadium, unfortunately. Yep. But uh, yeah, you know, the. The pundits aren't that high on them, really. I mean, uh, they're penned to maybe finish as high as fourth and as low as 12th. So they're a squad that's a little bit volatile in terms of what to expect. Not really sure, I think, uh, for most people. And they are, yeah, lacking a little bit of that consistency. But they are tied with us in the standings. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we're both both in that kind of uh, fourth position ish. It's uh, how we're still in the fourth position after uh, you know our run of results and performances uh, is really a good question as well. MLS but, regular season, man. I keep telling you, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really a conundrum. But somehow, yeah, we're still in the upper half of the standings. So, uh, you know, it'll be and, a little bit... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Montreal is tied with us. Same exact record, 3-2-3. Three, three. Um, and, you know, Montreal is undefeated in their last six in all competitions. Um, I think that's including all three of their wins that have come in those last uh, six fixtures. And so, win against Red Bulls, who have uh, had a good start to the season. They drew against Philadelphia last week. Kaikimara came off the bench to score. Um, that's no easy you know, feat, as Philadelphia were undefeated. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they're a good squad this year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Montreal comes in in, a, in some form and really looking maybe a serious team. Like you were saying, we don't really know yet, but a uh, potential playoff rival for sure. Yeah, 
there won't be the Joseph slash Victor Wanyama fireworks that uh, <laughs> you know happened last season at Stats Tepudo, uh, and that's probably a good thing actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it will be that. It will be a very spicy affair, I think. Still, uh, the, yeah, the the past few games against us, uh, or you know, just versus each other, has been pretty competitive. But yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get into those starting 11 predictions. And yes, so uh, Bobby Shuttleworth in between the sticks. But uh, yeah, who's in that back line for you? Uh, so I have Lennon Robinson, and I thought to get creative here and have a little fun. Um, we've seen Sosa play some center back, uh, more so under uh, Heinze. But, uh, you know, I... I think uh, we could see him drop back here next to Robinson and uh, Gutman, of course, that left back. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, if Alan Franco is not uh, healthy, uh, but if he is healthy, he's obviously in there next to Miles Robinson. Lennon and Gutman are the fullbacks, but if not, I think it's, of course, uh, maybe, uh, maybe not of course, but Alex DeJohn is probably the guy that uh, would yeah. start there uh, as he's got uh, a little bit more experience as a center back. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I do I have a lot of faith in Dijon? Not really. So, I mean, maybe go with Santiago Sosa. But I mean, it's yeah, definitely the depth there uh, in the midfield also is questionable. So maybe we right. don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in midfield, then uh, who do you got? Yeah. Uh, so to compensate for Sosa, I have Sadich and Ibarra starting in the middle. Uh, Ibarra, of course, went uh, 90 minutes versus uh, Chattanooga. Uh, I don't think he would go 90 minutes in this match if he were to start, but uh, I could I could see him starting in this game. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's Sosa and Ibarra, uh, both of them. Uh, I think yeah, not only after playing uh, a lot of last season together, uh, paired in midfield. Uh, yeah, you know, both probably uh, maybe not the most experienced type of players. Uh, you probably want a little bit of, uh, you know, veteran and, uh, you know, a little bit younger. But I think uh, they're, they're the, the double pivot, I think, that uh, will start this match. Uh, and so, yeah, Sadich does uh, lose out on this one. But into the attacking midfield, who do you got? Yeah, I have uh, Arujo, Moreno, and Amada. Um, you know, at this point, I'm just hoping Arujo starts. I mean, like, it seems like he's getting closer to, um, you know, like we mentioned, he came on in the 60th minute. He was going to get it. He got about half an hour. Uh, so, you know, maybe he gets an hour this week. We'll see. Uh, I, I do also, I just would like to see that lineup from the start. You know, it's, you know, as I mentioned before, like, yes, the game, the the state of the game changed as soon as uh, Ruju came on, but you know, uh, if you play from minute one, you know, there's no you, you avoid that. So, um, and you set the tone early, so that's uh, I think I would like to see that. I think in this match too, um, you know, I think we may see some um, Moreno retreating a little bit more to help out the midfield, you know, especially with it being on the road against a tough opponent. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, hoping to see more chemistry between Moreno and Amado. Of course, it's been good so far. So yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I have that just a little bit moved around. Uh, I think Moreto is going to be more on that left. And that chemistry, like you were talking about with Almada and uh, Aruju, I think it's better served if they're a little closer to each other. So Almada being that central attacking midfielder, I think would bode well there as, uh, yeah, if... Uh, they're combining, and Almada and Moreno are combining. It will be probably a sight to see. And then especially feeding those balls in behind or over the top to Ronaldo Cisneros up top. Uh, you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he scored that goal. There were a couple of other chances that he could have had, but yeah. uh, I think you persist with him for sure. I think he's shown you enough to continue deserving the start. Right. Yeah, he's willing to make those runs. He's willing to do the the work up top as well. I think, uh, yeah, it's somebody that uh, deserves as many looks as possible in the steed of Jose Martinez as he uh, he looks to have the tools to be able to, you know, I think, uh, you know, in... Uh, you know, in the place of Jose Martinez while he's out. I mean, Dom Dwyer wasn't able to play a part over the weekend. Uh, he was held back uh, to some injury. They have not announced that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, maybe he'll be healthy enough to come on later in this match. But, um, yeah, definitely, I think, uh, with Shuttleworth and then, you know, Lennon and Gutman as my fullbacks, Robinson and Franco if he's healthy, Sosa, Ibarra, Adaruju, Almada, and Moreno and Cisneros up top uh, for me. And then uh, Mark with Sosa in the center back uh, pairing and Sadich and Ibarra. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it'll be rather interesting to see who we go with. We have to chop and change again. Which is the, uh, that's usually what bodes as something that's probably not a good thing uh, when you have to chop and change too much because of injury. So, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer that uh, we have to do that again, forced into that. But, uh, yes, so let's get into our score prediction. What do you got, Mark? Kind of a high-scoring one. I got a 2-2 draw. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you know, like I said before, I'm encouraged by the play. I think uh, that'll continue. Um, I think we'll create the chances. Um, I'm just not sure if we'll be able to hold Montreal off the score sheet. Uh, and, yeah, I think it'll be a fun one. Got 2-2. Two -two. Mm. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think we might be able to, kind of put something together a little bit finally a little bit uh you know maybe score quickly enough early uh and maybe are able to set up shop a little bit uh and have to maybe uh to really hold off uh Jordi Mihailovic and CF Montreal but I think it's gonna be a 1-0 win what do you guys think do you think I'm crazy let us know in the comments below but uh, that pretty much does it for the match preview and the entire show, except for the question of the day. But uh, the question of the day is, uh, how many games does the attack need to get cohesive? What do you think? Maybe an alternative one is, uh, do you think we should have kept Anton Walks? <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. Uh, either one of those questions of the day. Uh, very, very curious your thoughts. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. 
And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.